We're telling God to have his way in today's service. Father, have your way into this service. time to share your father's spoken word. Um, it's titled Grateful. And it goes like this. God, I want to ask you a few questions. And the first one is this. What is wrong with you? What kind of a God whose only use of verbs and adjectives and prepositions separates day and night, light and darkness, calls the planets into existence and the sun into radiance. What kind of a God in whose breath the whole universe is held together, at whose laugh the mountains run for cover, in whose presence eternity is made to surrender, what such God even considers to die for walking lumps of clay that he himself created? I mean, was it even debated when you stood for the motion humans are to die for? What? were you thinking were you thinking you exchanged reason with love without even blinking so i'm asking what were you thinking when you left your throne of splendor and majesty reached out your hand and locked eyes with tragedy when you made known your intention did not a single angel bring to your attention that what you're about to do is beyond comprehension the whole of heaven must have shook with tension the moment you stepped off your throne and began your descension into earth did not a single angel ask you, dear Lord, are you sure? Why not just make another Adam completely perfect and pure? What if after all this they still consciously ignore you? Because they will. 
What if after all this, they choose entertainment over evangelism, pornography over prayer, hues boring to describe the Bible, ridiculous to describe the resurrection, stupid to describe your sacrifice, and impossible to describe your existence? Because they will. God, why did you go so far out of your way to remove from the way the things standing in the way of me and you? You were nailed to the faith you had in us long before you were nailed to the cross. You, you stretched out your arm to us long before you stretched it out on the cross. You, you were prepared to die long before you breathed life into death. And we pierced at your heart when we sinned, far before the soldiers ever pierced your side. And yet in us is your joy, in us is your pride. So eternally be the groom and we'll just be the bride. My last question is this. Thank you? I mean, how exactly do I show gratitude to you? You who gave your all when we made it clear that we wanted everything that had nothing to do with you. You loved us the most when we loved you the least. On a cross-shaped table, you laid your life as a feast. And using nails as our cutlery, we tore you like beasts. When I was determined to let you go, you held me and loved me. When I broke my back for the love of this world, you held me and loved me. When I denied your existence, you held me and loved me. When I mocked you with insistence, you held me and loved me. When I stood firm in my fallen self, you held me and you loved me. When I was convinced I didn't need you, you held me and you loved me. When I was convinced you didn't need me, you held me and you loved me. And I could never thank you enough, even if time stood still. So I bring you everything, my talents, my life, my will. I lay them at the foot of the cross on a hill. And if you still want it, if you still want it, I bring you my heart. It's tainted and broken and sinful. He had his challenges as a teenager, but he's killed. One of the difficulties that he faced as a teenager was when his wasi resort was not as good as he expected. So while all his mates went to the university, he was home very frustrated he had to do Novdek and it was a difficult time for him but through it all he learned to maintain his focus on God he took of all the things that we asked him to do and to learn in this place no wonder some of the things that he learned in this place when he went to school it impacted him in school in his academic life coming out of the university he continued in the principles that he picked up from this place and continued the university and very very early in life I can tell you that he's not even yet 35 years old he's an engineer but not practicing as an engineer he's practicing as an administrator in fact he's the national administrator of the Ghana Premier's uh, Committee he has his own chain of businesses, not business. At this tender age, he has built houses. And you look at it and you wonder, how is it possible? It is possible if you will listen to the things that we tell you in this place. So, with a typical teen chapel welcome, we want to invite our own Nana Abrokwa Asari to lead us this morning. Hallelujah. What's that for me? Let's do a better round of applause for Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Am I in Calvary Temple Teen Chapel? Let me hear you shout for Jesus. 
Amen. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We pray that your word will bring illumination into our lives. May it pierce the hardened heart. May it turn us to Christ. In the name of Jesus, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Oh, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. A very good morning to all of you. I want to say a very big thank you to all, everybody here, especially our facilitators. We have very wonderful facilitators. Um, let's give a round of applause to all our facilitators. Um, this morning, it's, uh, it's an honor to stand before all of you to uh, continue the orientation. Uh, my job this morning is uh, pretty much simple, to orient us on um, what we are expected to do. And orientation is just, um, the definition of orientation is just to make or adapt someone or something for a particular purpose. Um, so this morning I pray that we all listen to whatever I have to share. We make our notes. And uh, don't think you've heard um, this orientation several times. Um, orientation is always good. And before you join any institution or any organization, you first go through orientation. Um, if you want to even join Boy Scouts, the first day you'll be oriented. If you want to join MTN, you go through orientation. If, even if you sit in, a, in an airplane, no matter the number of times you sat in that airplane, they'll take you through their safety protocols. So let's all listen attentively, even me myself. I think we've gone through this several times, but as I prepared for this orientation, I learned so much from just the preparation. So it doesn't matter whether you've been here several years and you've had this orientation several times. Just open up your spirit, open up your ears, and let's all be attentive and listen to what is happening. And to our new graduates, now you're part of us, to, to our new members, um, it's an opportunity for a fresh start. I remember the very first day I went to the university, the lecturers told me that it doesn't matter the grade that you came with. Some came with grade 10, some came with grade 12, some came with 8 A's, but it's a fresh start. It's an opportunity to begin afresh. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 43 verse 19, it says, Behold, I do a new thing. It shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is what passed, and the new has come. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13, it says that anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness, but solid food. Is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, it says that what? When I was a child, I talked like a child. And I taught like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, I put away childish things. Hallelujah. Beloved in Christ. We live in very, very difficult and dangerous and very sophisticated times. The times that I grew up are, are different from, from the times that you are growing up. Uh, I'm not too old. I'm not too old. I'm sure 
I may not be able to even give birth to any of you because considering my age, it means if I think the youngest is, um, is it 12 or 12 or 13, those who came, 13, 12, if I subtract that from my age, in fact, even teenage pregnancy cry will be an understatement. So I'm not too old, but what am I trying to say? Times are moving very, very fast. We live in very, very challenging times. And look at all of us here seated today. All of us are wearing nose masks. Two years ago, we all had our faces. I could see your face. I could see you smile. Now, my, my little daughter wakes up after I dress her for school and then say, Daddy, I want most mask. Times are changing. But the Bible said the sons of Issachar understood the times. To be able to fully benefit and be relevant in our dispensation, you must first yield to the Spirit and to the teachings and guidance and to the counsel of our leaders today. Times are moving very, very fast. And beloved, if you are waiting to settle down, the flight has already taken off. Since last two weeks, since you joined us, you come to church and Anki Bijuis tells us, read your Bible, let's pray in tongues, do that, let's study memory verses. We've already taken off. We don't have time. So if you are waiting and you think you are settling down and you are waiting for the orientation to be over before you pray 30 minutes in the morning, before you go to school, before you read your Bible, before you study the scriptures, it is getting late. We have limited time. We don't know how long you are going to stay here in Teen Chapel. Maybe today may be the very first and last time you are hearing my voice. Because maybe last next week you can come to church. And you may never hear my voice again till you graduate. It can happen. So we don't have time. Now you are here. The next time you hear you be in senior high school, you'd be gone. So we don't have time. My time is different from your time. When I was here, for all you know, I had the opportunity to go through the orientation maybe four times. Of in, in, we did it in four sessions. This time you are trying to condense four sessions into two. You may never know. You may not have the opportunity to go through leadership school. We never know. So time is limited. Seize the moment and make very good of your time here. Things are not just automatic. The things that we share with you, receive it, this, this has happened. It is not just automatic. Seize the moment and make use of the time that you find yourself. Let's go to Joel chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. It says, The word of the Lord that came to Joel, son of Pethor. Hear this, you elders, and give ear to all your inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days or even in the days of your fathers? It says, Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children and children to another generation. So basically, it is telling us to pass on the good works of the Lord. Let's keep telling it. Today we are going to do orientation. And um, how many of us like Coca-Cola? We all like Coca-Cola, right? In 1886, there's a man called Dr. John Pebentin. He discovered the syrup for Coca-Cola. 1886. Today we are still drinking Coca-Cola, right? It is because he passed on that formula from generation to generation. So imagine he didn't pass on that formula. Or imagine he didn't tell anybody about it. You and I will not be drinking Coca-Cola. Hallelujah. Contrary, in the book of Judges chapter 2, verse 7 to 10, it says, So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all 
the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Verse 8, he says, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, and when he was 110 years old, and then they buried him within the border of his inheritance, at Timath, Heres, in the man- mountain of Ephraim, on the north side of Mount Gash. It says, when all the generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. So as opposed to the first scripture that we, rose, we, we read, it says that let your children tell their children and their children from one generation to the other. But there came a generation that did not know the Lord because they were not told. That is why we are taking the pain to take you through um, church history. Um, we are going through the history of the Church of Ghana. We are going to look at um, the church in Ghana. We are going to look at history of the Pentecostal and Charismatic Movement. We are going to also look at history of ICGC. We are going to look at history of ICGC Calvary Temple. And then we'll also look at history of Calvary Temple Teen Chapel. So we are going to be doing a bit of history History can be boring at times, but uh, history is very, very good. And I want you to listen and listen attentively. You know, Christianity, you cannot separate history from Christianity. There are even some books in the Bible that are historical books. So let's listen and listen very, very well. In the book of Psalm 143, verse 5, it says that, I remember the days of old. I meditate on your works. I muse on the works of your hands. It says, I remember the days of old. And then the word remember is used about 164 times in the Bible. 164 times. And uh, modern day Christianity, we've turned our back on the past. We want to live in the present. We are more concerned about um, where we are going and we don't look at where we are coming from. But history really matters. Even if you go to the hospital, the first thing that the doctor will ask you, the first time a doctor will always ask you, They'll take your history, your medical history. They'll ask you whether you are diabetic. They'll ask you all sorts of questions. Now, in our medical dispensation, they even ask you of social history. They want to ask you where you live, where you are married, all sorts of questions that are not even connected to why you came to the hospital. But medicine believes that social history also has a role to play even in your, your treatment. So history is very, very, very important in our lives and then history also shapes the way we view the present the way we view the present is shaped by by how how we see things that have passed and and gone now in church history we'll be looking at um, the apostolic age um, we'll go further to look at the anti-nissan age and then we'll look at the nissan age we'll look at the middle and dark ages we we'll look at the Reformation age, and then we we'll look at the modern age. I hope I'm not moving too fast, right? Forgive me. All right. And um, we are going to begin from the Apostolic age. That happened in the first century. And then the Apostolic age is the initial formation, growth, and the development of the early church. And then it is directly tied to the leadership of the 12 apostles and then it was characterized by a lot of signs it was characterized by a lot of wonders and there are so many wonders in the bible if you read the book of acts you see a lot of what i'm talking about in the apostolic age 
the Bible recalls that the, once in, in, in the Bible, there was a man named Peter. And then the Bible says that Dorcas or, or, or Tabitha died. And then they called Peter into the upper room. And then the Bible said that he went on his knees and then he prayed. And then instantly, Dorcas rose up from, from, from the dead. These are signs that happened. It happened in the Bible. They are real. The Bible also talks about Paul and Silas. They, they, they said that it got to a point that they realized that these men were, 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 were becoming notorious. They, they were all over the place preaching the word of God. And the Bible said that they arrested them and put them in prison. And when they put them in prison, they, they taxed them to be put into the inner, innermost cell. You know, because they didn't want them to escape. And the Bible said, whilst they were singing praises, whilst they were, they were, they were praying and singing songs of praises, the Bible says that the, 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 the gates broke loose. It got opened. And then the, the jailer was surprised. And then he took his sword. And then he wanted to even kill himself. In fact, when a door breaks open, or, and you have a sword, because I believe Paul and Silas didn't have a sword, or didn't have any weapon. I think the most reasonable thing to do was to even use the sword to try and uh, kill them or try and tell them to be in check, yeah. But the jailer, the jailer wanted to kill himself. These are signs and wonders that happened in the Bible. These are not Bible stories. The Bible also talks about Peter and John. One day at the gate of Beautiful, they said that they were on their way to pray. And there was a man who was lame from birth. And what is man? always does was to beg for arms. And the Bible said when he saw Peter and John, he, he wanted to reach out for arms. He looked at Peter and John. And then Peter and John looked at him back and then they, they, they said that silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. These are things that were recorded in the Bible. It happened in the apostolic age. Tell somebody it happened in the apostolic age. And it can happen in our time. Hallelujah. So the apostolic age had a lot of signs and, and, and wonders. They are, they are, they are, the great signs validated the message of the, of the apostles. And then if you read the book of Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12, it says that Paul, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. The Bible says that, the Bible recalls that his, his handkerchief and aprons, after he uses his handkerchief and aprons, they take his handkerchief and then they go and use it to heal the sick. People who were sick, people who were lame, were healed just by the handkerchief and apron of Saul. Beloved, what are we doing today? Some of you, if I take your handkerchief and apron and I go and, use, I go and lay it on a sick person, it's a one chikata, a COVID, Delta stream. Hallelujah. But it happened. It happened. The Bible says that they gave him power to perform unusual miracles. And then the apostolic age began after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then it closed at the end of the first century with the death of Apostle John. I move straight to the anti-Nissine age. Anti means before, before. And then it's the early period between uh, 380 AD. And then AD just means Anno Domini, or in the year of our Lord. AD is usually used to refer to the years after the birth uh, of Jesus Christ. And the Antinicine age was the post-apostolic period. Tell somebody post-apostolic period. So the first one is the word apostolic period, right? 
So after the apostolic period is the anti-Nisine age or the post-apostolic period. Post means that after the apostolic age. And then Christianity was established in nearly all parts of the Roman Empire and in the Middle East. And then growth and expansion led to the persecution by the Roman authorities. You know, and then it was severest during the reigns of Emperor's Domitian around 96 AD. And um, the West was the attempt by the Emperor Diocletian to extinguish Christianity. So emperors have made the attempt to extinguish Christianity. They want to terminate Christianity. They don't want Christianity to exist. There have been attempts like that before. There have been attempts like that before. But in 13... In yeah, 1313, Constantine the Great issued an edict of toleration for all religion. And then Constantine, through, though never becoming a Christian, greatly favored Christianity during his reign. And then he said that Christianity increased from about 10% to about 90% during his, his reign. And then in 380 AD, Theodosius made Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire. And then it is worth noting that unlike the apostolic era, the anti-Nisine Christianity had no famous apostles. So we didn't have famous apostles during the anti-Nisine age. We moved straight to the Nisine age. We started with apostolic anti-Nisine age. That happened around 480. And then Christianity became the legal, became legal in the 4th century. And then Constantine I formed the first council of Nicaea, which rose there. Um, Nisan Creed. Who knows the, the, the Nisan Creed? The one we, we sometimes we recite. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then the creed back then was used to emphasize um, the, the doctrine of the Trinity. It said that there was a man called Arius who was a clergyman who denied the divinity. So the creed came in to re-emphasize the, the Trinity. And then it's still used today throughout the Church of England. We still use the creed today. So something that was written all the way in 325 AD is still used today. And um, Jesus was also declared both fully man and God. And then the books of the Bible was also determined in this uh, Nassian age. And um, we go straight to the middle or the dark ages. So from apostolic, we move to where? From apostolic, we move to where? Where? Anti what? And then to where? And then to where? The Middle Age. I'll ask questions at the end of my, my lecture. Right? So let's not forget. The Middle or the Dark Ages. This was between the 5th to the 15th century. And then the church was an empire wide, but Rome and Constantinople, now instable, um, were more influential than others. And during this period, we have a lot of. Uh, theological disputes. Um, a lot of theological disputes occurred during this period. And then the Roman church, headed by the Pope, gradually diverged in both belief and practice from the church at Constantinople, and then headed by his patriots. And then the Roman church also became dominant in Western Europe. You know, there were some cracks in, 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 in the system, you know. And whilst the cracks were happening, you realize that the two churches broke off relations with each other. The cracks also led to Islam taking grounds. It says that in about 630 AD, Islam began to quickly rise and took over 
previously Christian countries. So the Bible even says that whilst you were asleep, the enemy came to sow wheat, um, wheat in, in, in your wheat. So when, when this break started occurring, Islam also started gaining, gaining ground. So we must take cognizance of the fact that the enemy will always take advantage of breaks and cracks and quarrels in, in Christendom. And we had, it recalls that there were several dec- disagreements within the two sides, most notable being the issue of the authority of the Pope. And um, after that, there have been two attempts at reuniting the church. Uh, but it seemed that it never happened. It never materialized. They tried several times to reunite the church, but it never happened. And then right after the Middle Age, we moved to the Reformation Age, around the 16th century, where um, a very renowned um, clergyman, uh, Martin Luther, led a reformation. He led a reformation which ended the act of supremacy that was passed in England. And then Martin Luther and Calvin, John Calvin, they were the ones who were protesting. They were protesting against the Catholic Church then because they thought the Catholic Church was corrupt and some of the beliefs, they didn't agree with it. So those people were called Protestants because they were protesting against the Catholic Church then. So we started having division in in the church. And many people in the governments now started adopting the new Protestant ideas. And then others also still remain faithful to, to the Catholic Church. So we started having divisions in the in the in the church, especially during the Reformation age, and then the divide between the Protestant and then the Catholics became very very woven with politics. Politics also came into play. So the politicians will always take advantage of their situation. So at a point in time, England's official religion changed from being Catholic to the new Protestant faith, and all of this happened in the in the Reformation age, and then during all of this, the discovery of the Americas and subsequent colonial expansion by European countries led to Christianity also being spread across the world because people were exploring, people were discovering new continents, so Christianity was also exploring. So when you get to a continent, you, you profess what you have. So if it is Catholicism, you, you, you preach that. If it is Protestant, that is what you tell people. So it moved straight, we got to the modern age, and then among other Protestant denominations, we have the Anglican, the Presbyterian. So out of the Protestant denomination came the Reformed Methodists and then the Baptist Church came from the Protestant uh, Reformation age. And then, like I said, they've made several attempts to put the church together. That hasn't happened. And then in 1948, um, we had an organization made up of most denominations except the Roman Catholic Church. So this division is what has led to what we have. We have so many denomination now. I don't know the number of denomination we have now, but we have so many. I believe we have over over a hundred denomination now, you know. So it started from somewhere. The church was first united and then there were cracks. People had different beliefs. People had different ideas. There are some denomination. People don't pay tight. There are some denomination. They don't wear um, slippers to church. So, so many, so many denomination. You go to some denomination. They use uh, statutes, uh, incense etc some churches believe in the speaking of tongues some denomination don't believe in the speaking of tongues etc so this is the history this is how the division started happening and we want to zoom in and then look at the church in ghana how it started in in ghana and then the arab arrival christianity started around the 15th the 15th century in the gold coast 
where the Europeans uh, brought Christianity to the land. And as the Europeans explored and took control of part of the country, they also brought their, their religion to us. And uh, the religion that they brought, brought um, now, it has also emerged, it's evolved. The religion that they brought has also evolved down. As it stands now, we have, um, in our time, the revival, we have charismatism emerged with the resurgence of the Holy Spirit. And that happened in the early uh, 20th century. And uh, there's something worth mentioning. That is um, the Azusa Street Revival. That is believed to be the, the beginning of uh, Pentecostal Revival. This happened in California in a very long time ago. This happening, happened somewhere in the 20th century. So don't forget the Azusa Street Revival. That is what led to a lot of uh, what we call Holy Ghost Fire Baptism. Started by a black American. Um, it's called William J. Seymour. He was a black American. And then the evidence of speaking in other tongues and miracles and other spiritual experiences started during this time. And that was the catalyst for the spread of Pentecostalism. That was the catalyst. That is what pushed Christianity to Pentecostalism, where the speaking of tongues and miracles and Holy Ghost baptism started. So the Azusa Street revival is what started. He started with a group of young, they were just seven in number. They started praying in tongues. People received the gifts of the Holy Ghost. People started speaking in tongues. Interesting enough, William didn't even start speaking in tongues first. His friends started speaking in tongues before he, he joined on, on, on later on. And it shook the foundations of Christianity. Like I said, that is the catalyst. That is what led to, to, to what we have now. What we are enjoying now started somewhere by a group of people. They wanted to bring what was experienced in the book of Acts, where the, the apron of, of, of Peter and handkerchief of Peter was used to. They wanted to experience and relive that moment. So it took a group of young people to start this revival that we are talking about. And names like Kenneth Hagen, Maurice Cirello, Ora Roberts, Billy Graham, John Gicho, Miles Monroe, Benson Idahosa, T.B. Joshua, Matthew Ashimolo, Renard Bonke, Rick Warren, Joel Austin, all of them also came into the picture. They are a product of uh, this revival. And um, in Ghana, the charismatic movement began in the 1950s. I think most of us were not, were not born in there. That is when Pentecostalism started in the 1950s. And then this was started by one man called Reverend Enim. Everybody, people used to call him Reverend Enim, but his full name was Peter Kweku Mensa Newman Enim. Yes, and people also used to call him Kweku Manasi. You know, he was born at a small village in, in Buso, Enum Buso. He comes from my hometown. I just found out. You know, that's where he was born. And he started this movement way back in the in the in the 90s in the early 90s and then he is credited to be the originator of classical pentecostalism so it took one man after he received healing from a chronic stomach um, ulcer you know and then guinea worm disorder you know so it started he formed a prayer group in asamankesi that is how it started and then records have it that at asamankesi they they, they, they prayed one time for fire to come on the, the building. That is, that is what happened. They, they prayed fervently. 
and it happened in the Samankesi. And he was just Reverend Enim or Kweku Manase with his group of friends. That is how they started. And then not long after, there was another missionary named Reverend Makion who was brought as a missionary to Ghana to also come and join the fight. So he partnered with Reverend Enim and then they started the movement back in the days. And then they established the Apostolic Church in the Gold Coast. But along the line, Makion also fell um, fell apart with um, Reverend Enim because back then, um, Reverend Enim believed in, in healing, you know, but when this European got sick, they took him to European Hospital, or what is known as Rage Hospital today. And I think the people back then were not happy that, ah, you, we can lay hands for you to be healed. Oh, yeah, 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 European Hospital. So, it became a controversy and then he had to split up. So, later, Makion formed the, the Pentecostal Church, and then Reverend Enim also established the Christ Apostolic Church. So that is what happened. Initially, they had similar names, but the first president of Ghana, that is Dr. Kwame Nkuma, advised that they change, Makion changes the name to Pentecost. So when you go to Pentecost, they always say that the founder of Pentecost was Reverend Makion. And then this brought about revival in the Christian church. And then spirit-filled churches shook the Gold Coast with signs and wonders. So that is how we all started in the Gold Coast. And then the this surge brought uh, charismatism to the center and then uh, around 1970s the Pentecostalism began to shift to the center of, um, of our Christendom because those days people saw people who were speaking in tongues as people who were not educated, people who didn't go to school, people who were underprivileged, you know, those days when you're speaking in tongues it was very strange people didn't understand so it was thought to be for people who were underprivileged but gradually it started shifting to the to the center and then there were young born again christians who also joined the the fight you understand people were going on evangelism uh, they started preaching on the street and then in the hospitals and then some of these youthful people who were preaching were mrs raj raji who, she was an indian lady and then who met uh, archbishop duncan williams on his hospital bed at um, kolebu teaching hospital and then there was also Mrs. Aqua, or they, they were called the Aqua Sisters. They also evangelized to um, these people. And then Nicholas Duncan William also received the Holy Ghost baptism in the Church of Pentecost. And then it's quoted. Um, one day, Archbishop quoted and said that I know a lot of women in this church who are well educated, smarter, intelligent, and wiser men than men. I'm telling you, I got born again by a woman, an Indian scientist called Mrs. Raj. And it was two sisters who held me in the things of God and got me to the Church of Pentecost because I was confused between Christianity and other religion. And I almost went another way, but they brought me back. That is the twin sisters, Aqua sisters. And some of my many successes in life and in ministry, God has always used women. Do I have some women in the house today? Oh, do I have some women in the house today? These people were very young. They were evangelizing. And that is how... Archbishop Duncan Williams also received the Holy Ghost baptism. And then one name we cannot miss out in the history is Reverend Professor Enoch Emmanuel Amano Agbozo. People used to call him Brother Agbozo, but he was a Reverend Professor. And then he started the Ghana Evangelical Society and then he engaged in the training of the youth for God's work. So many youth in Accra converted at Eshi and drifted into the 
GES or Ghana Evangelical Society, and then they fellowship in, in these churches. And then Duncan Williams and Litz also entered Litz Bishop Benson Idahose's church um, at God's Mission International Bible College in Nigeria. That is where he trained, and then that was his mentor. And then Archbishop encouraged him to also start his church. That is Christian Action Faith Chapel. And then Duncan Williams, by the virtue of his energy and youthful exuberance, was also able to attract a lot of young Christians onto his, onto his side. And you have the likes of uh, Bishop Doug Heward Mills. We have Reverend Ampia Kofi. And then we have Reverend George Abaka Johnson, etc. They all joined the, the movement. And then later on, these pastors, except Doug Heward Mills, left um, action. And then they started Global Revival Ministries. And then um, Pastor Mensah Anamua Otabel, who was then with uh, GES, also left to, to join um, GRM. And then he left with um, Reverend Eric Wapon. And then they started ICGC on the 26th of February, 1984, in Accra. And then in that same year, you had the likes of um, Pastor Ransford Obin of um, CCC. You know, he started as a youth pastor of the Assemblies of God and then later started a Calvary Charismatic Center in um, Kumasi. And we have, like I said, we have Brother Agbozo. Brother Agbozo was doing a lot for, for Christ. You know, people used to call him Brother, Brother Agbozo. And, you know, that is, he trained almost all of all of these people. Today, young men, young women, um, we don't get anywhere. Then you are called Papa and Bishop and all of that. Young as he was, Brother Agbozo was doing so much for, 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 for God. So you don't have to attain, um, you don't have to be a Papa or what do you call it? A reverend or be called Archbishop. Simple, Brother Agbozo. And then many of the fire brand, brand charismatic pastors today were trained by him, like Mensa Otabo. We have uh, Reverend David Abbey. We have Bishop Ajinasari. We have Reverend Samuel Owusu. And we have our very own Anki Biju Do, who was also, he also went through the GES uh, training. And then this all happened in the 1980s. And then we saw the new search for Pentecostalism. And then this remarkable sharp growth in Christianity. It grew in 1960. They said that um, Christianity in Ghana was about 41%. And then right at, at about 2010, um, statistics says that now Christianity is about 71%. I think we just had our census. Um, I don't know whether it's going to increase or it's going to decrease. But um, it means people have toiled the ground. So if Christianity reduces, it means that we've let our fathers, our fathers down. And then we have the likes of Apostle Peter Kweku, Mensa Newman, like I said, and then all of these people were the ones who championed this uh, course. Now, later, a new breed of um, charismatic leaders also sprang up, many who left their professions to take up the cross. We have people like um, Reverend Setablo. We have people like Reverend Doug Heward Mills um, of Lighthouse Chapel. We have people like Reverend Istud Anaba. And then we have... Um, We have other professionals like Bishop Asari Bidiako. We have Bishop Adai Mensa of Gospel Light Church. We have Bishop Anyani Buidim of Jesus Generation. 
Sanctuary, we have Reverend Alfred Nyamiche, we have Reverend Victor Osei of Family Chapel, we have late Bishop Owusu Tebri, Reverend Sam Kranchiankra, Bishop Takia Boy, Reverend Godwin Kisei, Reverend Vaglas, Reverend Steve Mensah, all of these, most of these men of God are still alive. We have Reverend Christy Dutete, we have Reverend Messi Buama, we have Joyce Ayer, who also left politics to start the Salt and Light ministry you know so all of these people have paid their their dues and we started having open crusades we started having door-to-door evangelism we started doing um, tv broadcasts um reverend otabel started um on joy fm may 1995 started preaching on joy fm and then not long after uh Obin also started on otek otek fm also started preaching on 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 radio and that is how it all it all began. We'll zoom straight and look at um, ICGC. We want to look at the history of ICGC, um, how it started, and I believe we'll also get some lessons in, in there. Now, the International Central Gospel Church is an evangelical charismatic Christian church. It was officially inaugurated on the 26th of February, 1984. And then the first meeting was held in a classroom that is how it all started. Classroom, very, very small. And then the initial membership was just about 20 people. So the 20 people met. And those days, like I said, people laugh at them. And they didn't know. They thought they were dropouts. People who didn't go to school when they were speaking in tongues. People were laughing at them. And that is how it started. But they didn't give up. They didn't give up. They persevered. And today we have ICGC all over. They've had it in classrooms, private residences, public halls, science laboratory, mechanical sh- workshops a cinema theater etc so they had classes all over the place church all over the place and then the membership grew gradually until they hit about um, a thousand and then in may 1986 the church also settled permanently at a place called um, building power those who know Tema station is around there it's very close to the 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 bank of ghana that is where they stayed for a very long time and then about 10 years the membership also rose from 1,000 to about 4,000. And then it also saw an aggressive missionary church planting activity. So a lot of churches were planted in, planted in various districts, in various regions. Some churches were planted in Europe and then in the America. And um, now, like we have it, we have Christ Temple. Um, I think now they are moving from Abosu Okaine now to, to trade fair. So we've come a long, a long way. And then not long after, in 1988, we established the Ministerial Institute to train new generation of leaders. A lot of pastors in ICGC today went through this um, Ministerial Institute. So from the initial six-month certificate ministry, the college has now grown into a full-fledged university. Now we have Central University. So that should tell you what God was doing. It started with a few number, a very small number of people from 20. Now we have a university. We have a huge campus at a mutual. And then um, a lot of people have been a beneficiary of this university. And then we also instituted an educational scholarship in 1988 known as the Central Educational Trust. A lot of people have also been beneficiary of this um, Central um, educational trust, trust. Now, the International Central Gospel Church is also a socially conscious Christian church which upholds the philosophy of human dignity and excellence. Tell somebody excellence. The spirit of excellence. 
and then we engage in promoting and staging events which has have impact on Ghanaian society and also to bring people to to Christ and that is about ICGC we'll look at um, Calvary Temple um, Calvary Temple is uh, is one of the temples of um, ICGC there are several temples now and Calvary Temple is one of them and Calvary Temple that is the International Central Gospel Church Calvary Temple is part of the ministry of Dr. Mensah Otabo who is our founder so Dr. Mensah Otabo is our founder and um, Calvary Temple is under the leadership of Reverend Dr. Anthony Kujo. He's the senior pastor of ICGC Calvary Temple. And this church is situated in Lashibi. Here, this, this is Calvary Temple. And then it was started as a covenant family. It started also very small. They were meeting in people's houses in Nungwa, in Sakumono, in other places. And then they... It started with Pastor Daniel Awusanye, who is now in um, South Africa. He handed over to Pastor Gracious Awu, Awuyo, who handed over to Pastor Achampon. And then Pastor Achampon finally handed over to Reverend Dr. Anthony Kujo. And um, the church official birthday is 2nd February 1997. And then the first sermon was preached by Dr. Mensah Otabo. And then in 1999, the church moved into uh, this building. You know, in 1999, no, they moved into the yellow and white tent. A lot of us were not born by then. So they were in the yellow and white tent for a long time. And then in 2001, we moved into the building. When we moved into the building, um, it was uncompleted, but we moved. There are some pictures in, in focus. You can see the yellow and white tent um, in 1999. You can see some very old, very, very old cars. That that, 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 that that were in vogue in those times. And then you can see Pastor Mensa Otabol on your screen. You can see Pastor Eric on your screen. And some church elders, I think that's Mama Joy. And then you can see Pastor Eric planting. That's the foundation of the church when the church was being built. So it tells you that you don't have to despise small beginnings. And that is um, Auntie Bridget there. Um, you can see the church. It's gone through several phases. Now we have a very beautiful um, edifice, a very, very beautiful edifice. And um, you can see Anki Bijou. How many of you saw Anki Bijou in the, in the slides? Go back. You can see Anki Bijou there. You can see, okay, the slides have frozen. Doesn't want Anki Bijou to come. All right. Are we good? All right, yeah. So that's uh, down memory lane. See a lot of um, people. That's Auntie Bridget there. That's Anki Bijou by. Anki Bijou is also there. That's uh, Mr. Aku. So they're all there from the beginning. You can go to the next slide. And then. Uh, now let's zoom into Calvary Temple today, and then we can move to Teen Chapel. We look at yesterday and today. So that is the yellow and white tent. Look at the cars now. Now we have about three different car parks, and um, it's just to the glory of God. That is um, ICGC. That's our temple now. So we've come a very long way. It didn't just happen. Some of you are seeing the very beautiful edifice. 
Um, it didn't happen just overnight. You can go to the next slide. That's going to show us um, ICGC Calvary Temple Teen Chapel. Um, we've also come a very, very long way um, as Teen Chapel. And then we are world trade changers, like we say, in ICGC Teen Chapel. That's um, currently what you see here. You can go to the next slide. These are pictures. We don't have too much time. That's why we just... So this is how it started. At first, it used to be very, very dusty here. Um, those of you who don't like polishing your shoes before you come to church, it would have been fantastic for you because those days when you come, whether you polish your shoe, you don't polish your shoe, you live here, and it's all dusty, you know? So after praise and worship, you see a lot of dust around, you know? Today, we are sitting in AC, enjoying the AC, and enjoying good musical instruments, you know? It didn't, it didn't start like that. Look at, look at you now, sitting down, enjoying. You know, that's us. We had dinner some time ago. It was, was nice. So we've come a very long way. We've come a very long way. You can go to the next slide. Let's move quickly. And then let's just go through the history of um, um, Teen Chapel. This was put together by um, our own sister, um, Matita Apentin. And I'm going to go through this very fast. The ICGC Calvary Temple Youth was conceived and birthed from the adult service of Calvary Temple ICGC in 1998. And then the vision was perceived by Auntie Bridget Koda, who witnessed the powerful things God did amongst the youth in Omega Generation Christ Temple. And then he thought that we can do the same thing here. So she started with um, Pastor Abbas. Um, along the line, Pastor Ismail Awudu, also came, Pastor Ishmael Arudu is now the pastor of Yahweh Temple, also came to join. And then some of the youth will now struggle to get permission from their home because usually we didn't have a place of service of our own. So we'll meet on Sundays after church service and then we would, we would, people will struggle to get transportation fares. Others also felt lazy to come on a Sunday afternoon. Some of us were, were part of it. Sometimes Sunday in the afternoon when my friend Victor comes to my house that we should go to um, meeting, I'll tell him I'm coming to watch Asante Kotoko and House of Folk. Or I'm about to eat fufu. You know, so that's how it started. We didn't have Sunday services then. And then at our meetings, we studied the books of the Bible. And then we, we uncovered many things in the Bible back then. And then these meetings also had very, very serious prophecies. And God spoke a lot. So a lot of the things that we are seeing today, God spoke about it in, in, in previous times. And at a time, sometimes you go for meetings, there will just be 12 people in number. Today, we have about 200 people sitting here. And it didn't just start, it started small, started small. And then we continually made the confession and saw ourselves as world changers, nation builders, and inventors, and shaping our generation through godly principles. We were saying those things, we were reciting those things, we didn't understand them. Today, I have a lot of my colleagues who are doing so many things in different parts of the world. They are influencing society, they are world changers. So it started by positively confessing these things into our lives. And one of the things that we can never, never forget in Calvary Temple is our annual youth camp meetings. You know, we've had a lot of camp meetings and it's, it's, it's an experience you will never want to miss. In fact, it is said that in the whole of this country, our camp meetings are the best. A lot of people have modeled their camp meetings based on what we, 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 we do here. You know, so it's an experience you should never, never miss. We've had some in Abukobi, 
in Legon, Valley View University, and then finally now for some a number of years now we always have it uh, at mutual. I think for the first for we had it here this year. Last year we couldn't have come, but this year we had come here at uh, um, Teen Chapel because of um, COVID. But our camp meetings are spectacular. And uh, we also learned how to pray for very long hours. So a lot of things and teachings um, happened here in Teen Chapel. And then our numbers was a challenge. It kept dwindling. Uh, when secondary school reopened and some of you will start running shifts now you come to church on Sunday, you don't come to church again, I believe that it's not going to happen to you. I believe that you're going to be very, very consistent in the things of God. And then, we didn't have our own place of, of worship until Teen Chapel was completed. I remember the very first Sunday here, Anki Bijou preached the sermon on, 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 on repentance. And um, along the line, God also brought Anki Bijou when Pastor Bass was leaving. Um, when he was leaving Calvary Temple, God brought another vessel who has been with us for the longest of time and he's in the person of Anki Bijou. Let's give a round of applause to our very old Anki Bijou who has held the fort for us just, just like somebody who was called Brother Aguzo. Just Brother Aguzo. He did so many. Our uncle here is an uncle. He's not a reverend. He's not a pastor. He's not an apostle. But he's doing so many things from, for God. When we were in the university, people took pride. They called them Papa, Reverend, Bishop, small boy. You want to be called Papa. You are happy. They'll carry your Bible for you. You know. Meanwhile, you go back there, you go and fornicate, you go and watch pornography. But you are called Papa. Let's let's learn to be humble and let's learn for God to 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 use us. Hallelujah. Amen. And um, on the 3rd of July, 2005, Teen Chapel was born. And then the ministry has come a very long way, you know. And then in 2008, um, we had a very spectacular youth camp where other ministries came together for us to have one camp. And then the story has also just begun. There are a lot of things that God has installed for us. You know, in, in ICGC, we always say that there's a greater generation about to emerge. Um, people have done their bits. People have started a church. Like I said, we've had a lot of teenagers who have gone through this place. But I believe in my spirit that there's a greater generation that is coming. The Bible says, behold, I do a new thing. The old is past and then the new has come. It is time for a new breed of generation to take over and then do exploit for, 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 for Christ. It is not by coincidence that you find yourself here. It is not by chance. The Bible says time and chance happens to all. The race is not for the swift. God has a reason for bringing you to Teen Chapel. God has a reason for bringing you to Teen Chapel. So don't see it as a mere formality. Don't think that you just came to pass through the system. There were many people like us who also came and passed through the system. Let me announce to you some of our mates are now drunkard. Some of us, some people got pregnant when we were here. Some people dropped out of school. It is not everybody who became a world changer. It is not everybody. It is not automatic. So don't just think that because you are here, things are just going to fall in line for you. You need to make a conscious effort to fit in the category of that world changer. You need to make a conscious effort to, to, to change the narrative. You need to make a conscious effort 
to get to the top. So it is not by chance. Let's take cognizance of the fact that God brought us here for a reason. He has a reason for bringing us to Teen Chapel. We have a responsibility. We have a charge to keep. God is taking us somewhere and the journey, like I said, has already started. So let us make sure we listen to the counsel, to the teachings of our facilitators. You have very wonderful peer leaders and facilitators here who are ready to guide you in, on, this, on this journey. So I want us all to make a conscious effort. Like I said, the flight has already taken off. We don't have time at all. The flight has what? Taken off. Tell, tell somebody we've taken off already. We have taken off already. Don't wait for anybody. Hallelujah. We just want to look at our slogans uh, that we have. We have some slogans. And in, 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 in this place, whatever we do, you need to get involved. When, when, when we ask you to recite our slogans, you need to say anything that, like Anki Biju said, when we were here, everything. Me, I was almost doing almost everything. Almost everything. I will be there, ushers, everything. Prayer warrior, this. I was looking for an opportunity to serve. Most of the things that I do today are as a result of the things that I studied here. You don't know what you have. People are paying a lot of money to, to, to hear some of the things that we are sharing. People want this opportunity and they are not getting it. You are a product of the environment you find yourself in. You have, like I said, very wonderful facilitators. Make sure you seize the moment and make very good use of your time here in, 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 in Teen Chapel. Like Anki Biju said, when I came, I learned how to excel. Most of the time, I was in charge of the data entry. After Sunday, I would go home, enter the, the, the data and, and everything. Most of the things that I do today, I think majority of it, I learned it here in church than in school. Leadership school, um, Sunday services, camp meetings. And that is what has made us all who we are now. Look at all your facilitators. A lot of them have gone through the system. You have Auntie Delfina, Uncle Nicholas. We're all here as teenagers. And we made sure that we took everything that was taught us here very, very seriously. Hallelujah. Our first slogan is um, when we say Omega Generation, you respond a greater generation after great ones. Hallelujah. So, I said Omega Generation. Omega Generation. Omega Generation. Hallelujah. I believe there's going to be a greater generation after great ones because great ones have traversed the corridors of this place. So it means we have a responsibility to be greater. The second of our slogan, or the second slogan we have here is soldiers of Christ. And then you respond, we are warriors. Hallelujah. This one, I want you to respond like a soldier. So when I say soldiers of Christ, respond, we are warriors. Soldiers of Christ. Oh, this one there is, 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 is our Baye response. It's not a soldier. Uh, I want a soldier. Soldier. How many of us have seen the way the soldiers give morale? Uh, who wants to be a soldier here? You want to be a soldier? You want to be a soldier? You want to be a soldier? All right. 
So when I say soldiers of Christ, right, respond with the loudest shout. Let me see. Soldiers of Christ. Only him first. Soldiers of Christ. Charlie, you for mature your voice. Okay. So we are going to respond together. Soldiers of Christ. Soldiers of Christ. Soldiers of Christ. Hallelujah. And then the third one is a, a very good and interesting slogan that came out of a group of young guys from KNUST. And um, I also like that one so much. And then that one says that, Now who say God know the be? Then you respond, Ah, E the be. Now who say God know the be? Oh, I said, Now who say God know the be? No, it's, it's, it's you, that one you have to respond with vim and vigor. Now who say God know the be? Now who say God know the be? Let's go. Now who say God, let's clap, know the be. Now who say God, know the be. I the be. I the be. I the be. I the jump. I the be. Oh, I'm not hearing you. Let's all say it together. Now who say God, know the be. Now who say God, know the be. I'm coming to you. Now who say God, no de bi. Ah, ire. Ire bi. Ire jong. I say ire bi. Ire bi. Ire bi. I know they hear ire bi. Ire bi. Ire jong. Ire bi. Ire bi. I can hear you. Ire bi. Louder. Ire bi. Ire jong. Soldier man, show me some soldier skills. Hallelujah. So these are our slogans. Don't forget it. Let's all get involved anytime we get the opportunity. And our pillars are simple. We have four pillars that is spirit, stewardship, skill, and then service. And then we have our cardinal scripture, which is taken from the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. For this scripture, each and every one of you must know it, like we say, by heart. It says that let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, and then faith and purity. It says, till I come, give attention to the reading and exhaltation to doctrine. And then the verse 13 says, do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things and then give yourself entirely to them. And then 16 says that take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them for it is in doing this that you will save both yourself and those that hear you. Hallelujah. Amen. We also have some social media platforms like Anki Biju said. Make sure you follow us um, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Telegram, on all the social media platforms. Hallelujah. So on that note, we want to just rise up. We want to just close our eyes. We want to pray to God that God, the Bible says that the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. And then the Bible says that Jesus went throughout the cities and villages 
and then he started teaching them in the in the in the synagogues the bible used a lot of young people to do exploits in the bible just pray to god tell god that god used me the bible used samuel at a very tender age god used use 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 some more the bible says that in those days the word of the lord was very rare people were not hearing from god but god used some more the bible says that in the book of first Samuel chapter 16 it says that the, the, david went to anoint anoint david um, um went to anoint david and david was not considered as the people to be anointed when when he went first Samuel saw eliab and thought he was the one and the bible said that god said men look at the outward appearance but god looks at the heart jesse also thought that other people jesse didn't even consider david other people were lined up for for someone to anoint but it got to a point and then the bible said someone asked him that are these all your children and then he said no there's one more in the desert tendering the sheep taking care of the sheep and then someone said we have to wait for this gentleman the bible said they stood until he came just close your eyes and tell god that lord use me as someone use me to do your work use me to do your work just close your eyes and tell god that lord i want you to use me i don't want to be i just don't want to traverse or just go through tin 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 chapel i want you to use me for for your work i want you to use me for your work just close your eyes and tell god that i want to be used as a vessel of honor i want to be used as a vessel of honor Pray to God. Tell God our Lord. Just close your eyes, just with all seriousness. Hallelujah. Just pray to God. If you can speak in tongues, just speak in, in tongues. Sheep's away, long and 
age like Paul You can tell the love of Jesus You can say He died for generation after after great ones we know that lord we started from somewhere daddy your word says that we should not despise small beginnings we are ready we want to avail yourself we want you to use us to do exploits we want us to use us to to turn the hearts of many to to christ that we want to be serious as we have come to teen chapel we pray that lord our stay here will be a blessing we pray that we will not just go here or just warm the pews we will partake in everything that we are taught here in the name of jesus may we be used to your glory in the name of jesus and all shall say a big amen, amen. hallelujah amen kindly take your seats hallelujah